0: Wow, Furious. Based on the episode title, I'm really proud of you for finally coming around to see that LeBron James is the GOAT. What? Well, no, that's totally false. Well, actually, what I think is...
1: Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports.
0: We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a die-hard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious George. What's going on today? You thought this episode was a- about LeBron James, didn't you? Hell no! We're not covering LeBron James. He's not the GOAT. This title was referring to Tom Brady forgetting it was fourth down and the Buccaneers lost to the Bears. I can't believe anyone would have mi- could have misinterpreted that crystal clear title. So yes, Tom Brady, the GOAT, is what I want to talk about today. Then sure, we can talk about the S-GOAT, LeBron James. S-GOAT? Yeah, second greatest of all time. Try to keep up. Let's just get into our vent sesh. All right, let's do it. Why don't you go ahead and start with your vent right. sesh? Well, I mentioned uh, last week on the Silver Lining that my wife and I were going to go on a little getaway. And mm-hmm. uh, so we had this Airbnb uh, booked, actually, for something else originally, and we just never canceled it. And so we just said, you know what, let's just go. Nice. Even though the original thing, we were going to, have with it just wasn't going to work out for us so mm-hmm. we go there and there uh, i mean i always make sure when i book airbnbs that i have a super host what's you a know? super host you're not familiar Mm-mm. so there's just different rankings you can have as a host on airbnb okay and so a super host is something where i don't know exactly how you get this ranking but it's like if you have a certain number of like positive reviews or, okay. or something like that you get up upgraded, I guess, to super host. And so it just means that you're more reliable. Uh, you're typically, it's always clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's safe. All, all of the things you'd want in an Airbnb, they have basically gotcha. is what a super host is. So I made sure I had a super host. We reserved this place uh, up in, uh, in Wisconsin. And we go there, and um, our. My in-laws came to watch the girls, and they got here late because they had to come from three hours away, and they couldn't leave until they were done with work. So we ended up not getting up to our Airbnb until, like, 11.30 p.m. Wow. And so, no, maybe it was 11 p.m., I think. But we, we get into our Airbnb, and, of course, so the way this Airbnb worked was... It wasn't like a lot of ones where you show up to a totally vacant house and then usually there's like a punch code on the door that you punch in so you can have access then into the house or whatever. Yeah. This was one where we stayed in the like basement apartment of a house that the host and her family lived in, Hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So basically their entire basement was this apartment they made. So we were down there, uh, and it was pretty nice. We walked in; it was cool. Uh, went and got the rest of our bags, and uh, so we got there like at eleven. Sat down, turned on a movie, uh, dinner for schmucks. Nice. And <laughs> by around uh, twelve fifteen or so, um, my wife is like sitting on the couch, and she's t- trying to do work on her computer, mm-hmm. and she sees this grocery bag that we had brought with like snacks and stuff she sees this grocery bag on the kitchen counter like rustling and she's like huh i wonder if there's like an air vent or something blowing right. air down nope it was a mouse and oh. so yep <laughs> and so Not this late. mouse runs out of a uh, uh, runs out of the bag it runs like into the sink basin and then back up out of the sink and then behind the microwave and i got up to i I, she's yelling at me like go get the mouse and i'm (laughs) like i'm definitely not going to catch it but i'm going to try i guess right right so i go over and i could i just saw it go behind the microwave that was like Mm. all i really saw of the guy um but it was very clearly plain as day in front of your eyes and mouse it wasn't like there's no mistaking it or anything hate to see it and i bring i bring up I brought up that we specifically watched *Dinner for Schmucks* because if anybody's seen that movie, uh, Steve Carell's character, who's the idiot in that, mm-hmm. he takes dead mice and makes art out of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of appropriate. Huh. Uh, but anyway, so we decided to leave, and I know this is a long vent sesh. This is a long story, um, but we were like, "Look, we're, we don't feel we don't really want to stay in a house where there's mice because we did bring some food." and we also have our bags Mm -hmm. and especially in a time right now that we're in with the pandemic and being in wisconsin and mice (laughs) carrying diseases already is like let's probably be best for us to just leave and so i messaged the host at like 1 a.m and obviously she's sleeping so Mm -hmm. she doesn't get it um And so we just leave. We get back to our house at like 3.30 in the morning. Oh, man. (laughs) And we scare my mother-in-law half to death because she hears people (laughs) walking in the house. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so anyway, the part that really, I guess, made me mad because so much of this up to this point that I've shared with you is more than anything just kind of frustrating or just kind of a bummer. And it's not anybody's fault. Mm -hmm. Like the host didn't put a mouse there. Right, and we didn't put them out like nobody you can't control that yeah right yeah so i'm really not even that mad at this point but what made me mad was what came next so <laughs> it said that she's supposed to respond within an hour mm-hmm. and so when i had messaged her i just said hey maria thank you so much for you know welcoming us in uh just to inform you there was a mouse like i basically t- framed it as just saying." I, there's a mouse i'm wanting you to know that there is one because mm-hmm. for future guests you might want to get rid of it right basically not uh, like a complaining just a heads up thing yeah i said we f- we did not want to stay so we decided to leave you know um mm-hmm. uh, but there is a mouse. You might want to look into it, basically. That's basically what I was saying. Right. Um, trying to be courteous to her to say to help her get more customers in the future mm-hmm. um, and to not get bad reviews. Say, so you might want to get your craft together, Maria. Right. So, <laughs> let me find exactly what Maria chose to tell me instead. Hmm. So, Maria did not respond within an hour, even though that's what it says on her profile okay she didn't respond until i messaged her almost 12 hours after the original message Hmm. which again was at like it was at 11 a.m i think i messaged her and uh and yes so she said i said what did you get our messages from earlier and she said Yes, what can I say? I went out and bought two traps this morning and set them. I didn't even have mouse traps in the house. We don't have a quote-unquote mice problem. (sighs) Then I said, I'm not accusing you of having a mice problem. I'm honestly just trying to inform you that there was a mouse that appeared to come from behind the refrigerator. It went in the sink, across the counter, and behind the microwave. I wanted you to be aware (laughs) so the issue can be resolved. It also went in our grocery bag. Then she responded and said, I set traps. It's fall. Every minute in fall, mice try to get in the house. Thank you for informing me. I'm sorry you felt the need to leave. It's a beautiful day in the town where she lives. Supposed to be that way tomorrow, too. (coughs) And I said, then I canceled the reservation. Then I said, we understand you haven't had any mice in the past, but we definitely saw one last night. We aren't liars, and we felt it is unfair to ask us to stay in a place that we paid for that has a mouse running around in it. Hopefully, yeah. the issue can be resolved for future guests. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> then she said... <laughs> nice passive, thank you for understanding. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> right. I know how to do that with students all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> per our earlier email. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then, I said, then she said, of course you're not liars, and of course I'm going to catch the mouse or mice. The house is tight, but maybe three times in 30 years we've had, as, <laughs> we've had a mouse. Sorry you hit it just right. Ask Airbnb for a refund. Not a sponsor, by the way. Yeah, definitely not a sponsor. Then then she responded a few minutes after that and said, Actually ask for both nights refund. Your whole weekend was ruined. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that... So oh, man. basically through all that, I went I went and like put in a refund request through Airbnb. Yeah. And then to add to that, after that she responded and said, I've tried for two hours now to get you a refund. I made the mistake yesterday of trying to do the refund thing in a poor service area and used up my access codes. To proceed via human contact seems impossible. Send me your address and I'll send you a check for $100. Sorry for all the problems. P.S. I killed the mouse. (laughs) So, anyway, final story is Airbnb did get back in touch with me and Airbnb is giving me a full refund, which is more than $100 that she was going to offer me. So she wasn't going to fully refund you? Correct. (laughs) Um, you should double up and be like, okay, cool, here's my address, and then get your refund and <laughs> double up on the refund. I re- mean, I did give her my address, and <laughs> she was going to send it, but she the the day she was going to send it, they already sent her notification saying, like, hey, we're giving him a full refund. Gotcha. So, <laughs> That's anyway. Huh. So, what made me mad, obviously, is that this Maria sounds more like a Karen, and... <laughs> It, living in Wisconsin is probably also a Packers fan, and so, yep. Screw her and her mouse-riddled house. <laughs> uh, so, Maria will enjoy my scalding review that I will leave <laughs> later. <laughs> my one-star review, if that <laughs> yeah, half star. <laughs> that was a good. Re- that was a good rant. Good vent, sesh. It's really just the story. <laughs> my <laughs> vent. Our vent was so much stronger. On the morning after we got home oh, and I read bet. the responses. Oh, I 3 a.m. and then first seen our messages. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. That was long, but it's a long story. So. No, it's, <laughs> that's a good. Um, so, my event sesh, um, this is kind of old news. I vented about it in the past, um, but just thought I'd mention again. The Red Wings finally drafted. Uh, NHL draft was this past weekend. And I'm going to vent again about the fact that the Red Wings picked fourth overall. So there was a very clear number one player to take. Yep. And the fact that the Islanders were the number one overall pick. No nope, Rangers. Or the sorry, the Rangers, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was some but New still, York team, the which Rangers, irritated me. The Rangers have Panarin. Yeah. Who of course the Blackhawks that's um and the Blackhawks used to have Panarin, if you didn't know. Um mm-hmm. and then they had like the number two pick last year so they have a top five a top 10 player in Panarin a second overall or second overall pick from last year now the first overall pick from this year Mm -hmm. yep and so clearly a team that you wouldn't expect to be getting a number one overall pick especially when the Red Wings are as bad as they were so just frustrating again um I mean they made some good moves and did some good things so I mean that was good I guess (laughs) but um (laughs) Yeah, it's just frustrating when in a year when there's a huge difference between, like within a year, but between the first, second, and even third overall players and the guy right. we got, um, yeah, for a team that's trying to rebuild with a new GM, it would have made a big difference. Um, so yeah, just just frustrating. Again, it's nothing new, but because it happened, I had to mention it again. For more thoughts though on this pick, um, and just the Red Wings in general. Be sure to check out – we have an interview that's going to be coming up later this episode. Stay with, tuned. Yeah, with the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Not so, a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, be be tuned for that. I'll give some more thoughts. Um, and so I'm not that upset about it because it's not new news, but I had to mention it again. Well, st- something that is new news is all of our news topics we want to touch on. So mm-hmm. let's start with – the MLB playoffs, honestly, probably because yep. I have the least to say about that, probably going into our news topics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then I pro- I teased earlier that we'll talk about Tom Brady and the Bears, and so we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't... I honestly, just with the podcast, with my new Bears podcast that I told you listeners about, with teaching, I honestly... And with other football games, I honestly just haven't had time to really watch baseball outside mm-hmm. of the Cubs games. I watched both Cubs games, and I think I tuned in for, I think, one of the Yankees-Rays games, and that's all I've really watched. Yep. Um. So, you can accuse me of not being a baseball fan, I guess. I call it having a life. Having other kind, things of, to do it, right? kind of. Kind <laughs> of. Um. Yeah. But in any case... I am cheering for the Rays. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people probably are. And the good news is they're up 2-0 against the Astros yep. in their series. It's crazy, though, because the Rays were a first seed, and it still feels like you're rooting for an underdog, doesn't it? <laughs> like It does, because it's the Rays, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, so. the Rays and the Astros. and Actually, while I'm on this, uh, I'll mention that uh, not often do I recommend other podcasts outside of ones that we appear on, but... There is a really, really good – if you if, if any of you like um, serial podcasts where there's a story that follows from one episode to the, not, the other, kind of yeah. like when we had Tony Gill on yeah. uh, quite a few episodes ago now to talk about the, the murder of James Jordan. That was an investigative podcast series. That one was a ten-part series that they did. I found one today called The Edge. And it's a six part series. They've only released two episodes so far. It's by Ben Ryder, who is a who is a sports illustrated writer who was hired or who was given access into the Houston Astros front office in two thousand eleven or thirteen. And so he like hmm. got to know like some of the inner workings and everything, yeah. and he predicted based on their advanced uh, scouting and everything that the Astros would win the World Series in 2017, and the Astros did. But and he published a book called Astro Ball that was supposed to be like oh, okay. about the Astros' new way of baseball, mm-hmm. and then the news came that the Astros had been cheating. And so that he's basically going, the story a little. Bit. Yeah, he's basically going back into everything that he worked on, hmm. and reinvestigating through all of it. So anyway, I found that I highly recommend it. It is so good, and I they only have two episodes in that, that. I binged them immediately. So anyway, but the cheating Astros against the Rays. I'm glad the Rays are winning. Mm-hmm. Braves, Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers more than the Braves, <laughs> so I hope the Braves win. But I really don't care. I, the right. Dodgers haven't won a World Series in a long time, so i'd be cool if they won won it yeah um but i really want the rays to go all the way Hmm. yeah kind of like you said just with so much else going on nba finals just happened i've been watching a lot of football um just not enough time really to watch baseball which is uh i'm sure been reflected in the tv ratings (laughs) so um yeah with everything else going on i've just kind of loosely been following it but i'm with you i'd like to see the rays win it but yeah yep um Mm -hmm. the next thing that I actually want to talk about is college football. Uh, yeah. Notre, Notre Dame played again, finally. Uh, they did beat up FSU, though I wish they would have beat them up a little bit more than they did. Yeah. They had some issues uh, holding on to the ball in the first quarter. Uh, but in any case, Notre Dame wins, and Florida lost. So Notre Dame moves up to number four in the nation right now um, in the rankings. So very happy with that. Mm-hmm but i was like i said i was supposed to be on a getaway with my wife on saturday and so we ended up we ended up like getting a hotel just a locally and we went and just hung out at the hotel Mm -hmm. and uh so i watched the notre dame game but i missed every other college game that day so what did you watch on saturday that was your anniversary right yeah yeah so saturday same thing we were out of town um we had that was the day we had my sister's wedding it was on saturday um and then also yeah our anniversary but we were gone all day so um yeah i really similar to you i don't really get to watch any games on saturday um just a couple takeaways though because i try to go back and like look at storylines and i listen to some other uh, podcasts and stuff I talk about college football so i've mentioned before because michigan's not playing right now i haven't talked about it a lot but that's the sport i'm most locked into every year yeah a couple Um, weeks right yeah coming up here soon so um just some takeaways though um so clemson miami i mean clemson looks like the clear number one team of the country to me at this point especially because alabama's defenses look really suspect alabama georgia this coming week is going to be probably the biggest game of the college football season in the regular season. Uh, Number two, number three, I really think this year Georgia gets the win. I would Um, love that. Because Georgia's defense is so much better. It's really going to be interesting to see Alabama's defense and Georgia's offense, which one of the two can really step up and play to their potential. Um, Because whichever one does, I think wins that game. So that's going to be one. If you are at all a college football fan, that's must-see TV this coming week. That like if you're only gonna watch one or two games this whole season, Georgia-Alabama this coming Saturday has to be it. Um, so I'm excited for that. But man, <laughs> there's been okay. Texas and Oklahoma are both trash for the Big 12, and I I, th- I don't think a Big 12 team makes the playoff this year. But the no. SEC defenses are have all like all the typical good defenses in the SEC have looked like garbage this year and i don't know if it's because of covid or people already knew it was going to look that way just because of the staff on all these teams but i mean alabama's defense looking bad florida their defense is terrible um yeah i mean you look at all these did, shootouts across the sec you, auburn's defense is bad did you see the uh this is going back to big 12 but did you see the oklahoma texas the still shot of the girl the uh, two girls in the stands the middle finger yeah <laughs> That's been used quite a bit on oh, yeah. you know, memes and stuff this it's week. It's awesome. So, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I um, saved that one on my phone. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still like a good game. I think that went to four or five overtimes. Four, yeah. Um, but it, yeah. what I mean, happened to defense? <laughs> it's one of those people – I've heard this rephr- phrased a lot this year between the NFL and college. People have said, like, this is one of those good games of bad football. Basically, hmm. to me, yeah. t- meaning – It's competitive because both teams are playing similarly, but neither team is really playing well. Like the Jets Broncos game on Thursday night a couple weeks back. Yeah, it was actually a close competitive game, but you know, in your heart of hearts, that neither of those teams are really that good. Yep, or going anywhere. Well, Um, like another one, like super high score in North Carolina Virginia Tech with you being an ACC member at least just for the season that's one where you're looking to see like which one of these teams could be potentially a threat to notre dame or maybe that north carolina um yeah and it looks like it's north carolina but that's a 56 45 game uh that's pretty high scoring so um well and notre dame's defense has been really their big story this year so far so it'll be interesting when they face Mm. someone like north carolina which they do coming up how that will go because This game, uh, they gave up, I'm trying to remember how much they gave up to Florida, uh, FSU. Um, Of course, my ESPN app is slow. uh, It was 26. Okay, so they gave up 26. That was their highest so far, but before then, they gave up 0 to USF, and they gave up uh, 13 to Duke. Yeah. So, they're keeping everything low. So, I mean, if you look at that overall as a an average what would that be 30 13 points a game right yeah would be about yeah yeah so Zero, 26 and thir- yeah 13 yeah so they're giving up on average 13 points a game yep. which is really good you're especially gonna win a lot of games that's like good that. in the nfl let alone college football <laughs> yeah so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how this goes but yeah, i agree with you next week alabama and georgia is the game to look for one last note for me too arkansas got robbed against auburn If you saw that, Bo Nix. I didn't see it at all. They go up. They're down two points. Um, There's just a few seconds left. He goes up to spike the ball. He fumbles the exchange. Oh, I did see that now. So the ball hits the ground, and then he picks it up. So at this point, the ball's hit the ground, so he shouldn't be able to throw a forward pass, right? Which is what spiking the ball is. Right. Also, when he spikes the ball, he spikes it backwards. Which is the backwards. Which should be a live ball and backwards pass. And I think Arkansas even fell on it and recovered it. Um but they just, either way, they ruled it incomplete, stopped the clock, and then Auburn uh, scored the game winning field goal. So, yeah, Hate Arkansas has it. been an up and coming program, but yeah, rough, rough game yeah, for that one. So, man. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of a joke about Razor Thin since they're the Razorbacks, but <laughs> there I couldn't you think go. Of anything. Nice. Well, uh, those the next, are just some thoughts. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So then the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, is and i i teased it at the beginning but the chicago bears they won this week mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to talk about the lions really because the lions were off on a bye thank the uh, lord <laughs> so <laughs> but the bears won thursday night football against the tampa bay buccaneers big win. We're, yeah what did you think of that game so okay it's a big win definitely um i think I do think Tampa Bay – I we said this at the beginning of the season. I didn't think they were going to be as good as some people hyped them up to be, like a Super Bowl favorite or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they are at least a solid team with some playmakers. So to get that win is a big win for the Bears, uh, especially in a primetime spot. Um, but it kind of fed the narrative, again, of the Bears being lucky, which at a certain point it's like if you win all these games and you say they're all lucky – you get credit for the like, you know, if you okay. win so four games. This is getting into one of the things I really, <laughs> am right, very right. Feel, feeling very passionate about. So I guess um, I would just say like, yeah. So t- tell everyone what you're talking about when you're saying they're lucky. Say that again. What was that? Tell everyone what you're referring to when you say if oh. it's the narrative of them being lucky. So Brady, who I think is the greatest of all time, I think yes. at this point most people think so forgets what down it is towards the end of the game um and again maybe they still lose if he doesn't but uh just a, a clear mental error um which happens but doesn't happen at that point in the game with that quarterback It's you don't think it's going to like right? yeah. um so yeah credit so, to the bears take advantage of it and all you can do is take advantage of it you know yeah. but um i mean a, a lucky break again you know yeah so listen so here's the deal to everybody who's like oh yeah the Bears are the worst 4-1 team oh the Bears are just they're just super lucky like their luck will run out and <laughs> things like that it's like okay listen the mm-hmm. one I will 100% give you is DeAndre Swift dropping the ball because it was literally the ball in his bread basket mm-hmm. you like if he clutches his hands just a little quicker or something then that's game Lions you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but it so that one i will give you but the thing is the falcons at this point in the season looking back now to game two for the bears against the falcons everybody knows the or game three for the bears everybody knows at this point the falcons are garbage and so you know yes the bears dug themselves a hole by giving up 26 to the falcons Mm -hmm. but Good teams, if you do fall behind to a bad team, know how to still come out with a victory in those games. Yep. And the Bears did. Then, moving forward to then this game against Tampa Bay, Um, the whole thing with Tom Brady forgetting what down it was, okay, fine. So he doesn't forget the down. He still threw. They were still, th- like, fourth and long, and mm-hmm. he threw. He was third and long. Or it was actually fourth and long he threw the pass to Gronk and that was uh incomplete and he thought it, that was third down so even if it was third down you're still looking at fourth and long mm-hmm. I know people were saying that maybe if he would have been aware of the down he would have thrown a shorter pass or something so it sets him up better for a field goal because all he needed was a field goal to win but to me I think people are getting so focused on this narrative this year. There were so many experts that said the Bears are going to be 3-13. and They're going to be bad. They're, right. they're going to be one of the worst teams. I think people are so focused on this narrative now that anything the Bears can do that is good, they end up not getting credit for because everyone's like, yeah, well, that does, that does that's not actually what happened right. because that doesn't fit the narrative that has been established since before the season started. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of things that would have had to happen after – that what Tom Brady thought was a third down in order for them to still win that game. Because what do they do on then the fourth down that he thought it was? Do they kick the long field goal and do they make it or mm. does Brady try to throw for a first down? Like there's a lot of things that could go. I mean, a long field goals are no gimmies, especially the Soldier Field is not in a dome. Yeah. And fourth down and longs are no gimmies. Yep. So I'm sorry, I don't buy this narrative that the Bears were lucky that Brady did that. I mean, was it mental lapse? Yeah. Is Brady does Brady have dementia? Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Should he be checked into an old folks home? Yes. Probably. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it doesn't take don't take the win away from the Bears because Brady forgot the downs. Um it, and every year there's game every year, every team, and even some teams have several games where things break their way. And that's literally sports. Mm-hmm. That's literally sports. Like, right. you play who you play. You you can't help when certain players are injured at certain times. That's, not, that's out of your control. Right. And you can't control what the other teams do. So if the other team f- fails at something, mm-hmm. you take advantage of it. If you don't take advantage of it, then you're not a good team. You know what? The Bears have taken advantage of it. So yep. that's my little spiel there about the Bears. And every, and, like you said, every team yeah. gets a certain number of lucky games. Maybe the Bears got all theirs at the beginning of their schedule. Like, there's still a lot of football to be played. Oh yeah, know? yeah. No, for sure. So I'm just happy that all those experts that predicted three and thirteen can officially suck it because are already Bears wrong. Are right. Four and one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Somebody predicted. Somebody said they took the picture of it was USA Today I think that published the three and thirteen start. Yep. And someone took a picture of that and said, Has anyone ever been this wrong before on a prediction, like this quickly? Yeah. And I responded and I said, Actually, this was the quickest. And I, I circled the name Redskins that was on the US Today mm. because it was published before they changed their name. So I oh, said, There you go. This take is the most wrong because it's not the Redskins anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, yep. So, anyway, hmm. do you have any th- more thoughts on the Bears Bucks game? No, again, I think it's the kind of thing where, yes, like you catch a break there, but if you're a good team, which at this point, I I was one of those people who was like, don't take anything away from the Bears. A win is a win, but I just right. think there's a lot of warning signs from what we've seen to where I think it is fair to critique them, but every time that they win a game like that, that argument becomes less and less meaningful, and, um, and so, so now that you've piled up several of those wins, I have nothing to say, but like... Yeah, got another win. You know, Something else win. I'll say in the Bears' defense, too, is up until this point, everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, they, they haven't really... You know, the only teams they beat were the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons. They haven't really beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, now you beat the Buccaneers. Yep. Everybody picked, pretty much everybody picked the Buccaneers to beat you. And a lot of people have picked the Buccaneers since before the season to go to the playoffs, to go to the Super Bowl. And when you consider that when B- when you consider that people picked the buccaneers to go to the playoffs or super bowl and they picked you to go 3 and 13
2: mm-hmm.
0: you beating the buccaneers to me is a statement and to me the offense needs still a lot of work but it was the it was to me the overall best game the bears have played this year yep and now you're just going to say oh yeah it's another instance of them being lucky yeah but you know what if if i want to make an argument against uh, for Tom Brady for getting those downs and saying that that was because of the Bears, I can say it's because the Bears were down his neck all night long. And flustered they had, him or something, right? Yeah, they had crazy pressures. uh They got ton of sacks, quarterback hits, like is what you needed to do against an old quarterback, right? And they did that. Who knows? Maybe that did. Yeah, like you said, fluster him. You, you just assume that Tom Brady forgets the down and then you're like oh yeah well that's why the bears lost mm-hmm. or why the bucks lost right no it's not it's not why the bears defense was stout that night that's mm-hmm. why the bucks lost yeah and you i can't need to stop keep, talking about this no just yeah. my final thoughts on it you can't keep moving the goal posts right like okay right team analysts do this all the time and it frustrates me when it happens for michigan football or for anything else and it's like this team is terrible. You're supposed to beat them or no, you'll say like, okay, next week, Michigan's definitely going to lose this game or the bears are definitely going to lose to the bucks because they haven't beat anybody yet. Right. And then you beat the bucks and it's oh well, the bucks lost that game. The bucks really aren't a good team. So who (laughs) do they play next week? Same thing. It's like, Oh, well the bears will definitely lose next week. And then if they don't, then, Oh, well that's cause that team was bad this whole time. You know, like at a certain point that it seems like, like you said, the, the analysts want to be right. Um, yeah. And maybe there are some things that the Bears can improve on, which every team can. And maybe you have gotten some lucky breaks, but you can't keep moving the goalposts. Well, you know, so it is an impressive win. The one thing that I hate, and there was a caller on Chicago radio that made this comparison, but it is pretty accurate to me, is they said the rhetoric around this team to me is very similar to that of the Packers last year. Everyone last year was like yeah. the Packers are the worst three and three three thirteen and three team we've seen. Well, you know what? Those thirteen three Packers, much as it pains me to say, made it to the NFC championship game. Yeah. And there they got blown out by the Niners. So the Bears will continue to be contenders until they're not. And right. if they really aren't a contender and they do make the playoffs, then somebody else who's a superior playoff team will blow them out. Mm-hmm. or make it'll make it clear like a clear win um but yeah you can't yeah like you said you can't just keep giving these different qualifiers every week to justify why you think the bears aren't good because if you keep right. doing that at the end of the season when the bears are like 11 and 5 and you're like yeah well the bears weren't really good this season you're gonna be it's gonna be the stupid talk <laughs> and then you create the scenario where unless the bears win the super bowl you'll claim you were right the whole time right <laughs> so it which is just an unfair you know so yeah again, anyway. again it's just yeah so credit the to other, the bears big win thank you yeah i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> so then the other nfl news that was really heartbreaking for a lot of people was yeah. the Dak prescott injury uh simply because it was just a really gruesome injury there's actually a lot of interesting injury news because like on the flip on the totally opposite end of the spectrum alex smith played this week right yeah so when you look at like crazy potentially career-ending injuries alex smith played yep talk about a silver lining right yeah like a oh yeah maybe there's hope kind of thing you know well and even if he even if he's not good at all anymore yeah just the fact that so many people have said that he should automatically win the comeback player of the year just because he took the field, hmm. which maybe is a little bit of a stretch, but it does from an inspirational standpoint is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it though, yeah, because sure. he was gonna lose his leg, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but then going back to Dak, like, man, hmm. uh, that just that injury was just rough to rough to watch. Yeah. And a moving moment on the field afterwards. Players coming up to, um, yeah, wish him the best. And my thought on this: I mean, I'm no Cowboys fan. I have no real feeling either way on Dak Prescott. Um, but it just sucks for him. With he was because he was on the franchise tag, and um, which means it's a prove it year. Yeah, it's a prove it year. Which here's another thing I'll say: It feels like the past like three years have been prove it years for Dak. And I think that the players' union, whenever they have the next bargaining agreement, should be looking at getting rid of the franchise tag. I agree. Because the franchise tag, what it does – I mean, you can say, yeah, you get a big pay check one year. But it stops players from hitting the open market, which is really what players are trying to do. And it gives the team – which obviously, like, this is the reason it's there. Everybody knows this. It gives the team leverage to be able to get one more year out of them and create a prove-it year. But you see way too many players – which I don't know how many times this has happened, this kind of scenario on a franchise tag year. Um, But it just creates another situation where a player can get hurt like this or have an issue um, when he could have signed a long-term deal. And and maybe he could have signed one, and maybe that's partly on him, that he could have signed one in this offseason. But if there's no option for a franchise tag – the team loses a lot of the leverage they use in those neg- in negotiations. So, I mean, I get both sides, but if I was a player and I was on this players' union, I'd be thinking about trying to get rid of the franchise tag. Yeah. Yeah. People – so, like, Tariq Cohen, you know, a couple weeks ago, he right. tore his ACL. Yep, there you go. You know what? People didn't actually feel – like, obviously, people feel bad for him, but right. literally the week before, he signed a contract extension yep. with big money for him involved for his position and and his so like obviously you're like oh man that sucks he got an injury he may never be the same player again Mm -hmm. but in terms of him being secure with his financial future right he's at least got an agreement with the deal paying him moving forward Dak Prescott has this year and he's who knows? And some people have been speculating it could be two years before he's able to play again. Right, and who's going to, with the way the quarterback market is and all the young good players you've seen, like is unless the Cowboys are going to give him a deal, yeah. uh, which a lot of that will maybe depend on how Dalton plays. I don't know. But <laughs> who's going to give him however much he's asking for 30 million sight unseen to come play for their team this feels like the kind of thing next year or the next season he plays he's probably going to get a cam newton type deal and again he's in another prove it season so then you're looking at how many years is he going to have to prove it before he he could go his whole career and never get that big contract you know well Um, and at this point for the cowboys um i mean you're two and three i think and they, I mean, it depends on how the rest of their season goes. But with Dalton as quarterback, mm-hmm. and with Dak injured, I mean, they they could be in the market. Like, they could be in play in theoretically for Lawrence or Fields or Lance, right? Uh, and I feel like Jerry Jones is aggressive enough that he would trade up for that if he really felt he it was the guy he wanted. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Dak Prescott could be like totally out of a job uh, with no. So, yeah. Here's the other thing I want to say, just real briefly. I was going to put it in effing Idiot, but listeners, you'll see in a little bit, I have a lot to say about effing Idiots this <laughs> yeah. week. Um, but people out – there's a lot of people, and frankly a lot of them seem to be Cowboys fans to me, that are – after Dak Prescott got injured, decided then to continue to have the whole debate about whether Dak Prescott is good or not and whether or not he mm. deserves to get paid or not. And it's just like, guys – Guys, come on. And maybe it's from a Bears fans perspective, but it's like Dak Prescott is clearly on a different level than the Bears quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like clearly the Bears would take Dak Prescott over Foles or Trubisky because it's an upgrade. Yeah. And you are over here debating whether or not he deserved an extension. You know what? Not everyone has to get paid like Pat Mahomes. Not every extension has to be record breaking. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes got a big extension, and then Deshaun Watson got one. Well, Deshaun Watsons wasn't didn't break Patrick Mahomes's, right? Because it, it, I it frustrates me that people jumped to this discussion and and even Bears fans were getting into it and like, well, because Pe- Bears fans are starting to talk about like trading for Dak or signing him in the offseason or whatever. And some Bears fans are starting to get into it and like, well, good thing we didn't trade for him. Or, well, now yeah. we definitely don't want to sign him. Right. It's just like, you guys are horrible people. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is Literally not... Literally, as he's in surgery, people are In just, agony. Right. You're like, <laughs> yeah. People are like, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> well... We have we still have a lot to cover sports wise here on news. So let's then get into the Lakers winning the NBA championship or the COVID version of it this year. <laughs> Already <laughs> well, detracted in, yeah from the right. goat. <laughs> yeah. So what did you did you watch? I didn't even. Yeah. Again, my focus has been on football mm-hmm. and the podcast and teaching. Yeah, I watched a very little bit of the NBA Finals, but not very much. So I just watched a very little bit of it to live, um, but I went back and watched like some extended 30-minute highlights or something, um, which I tried to do for most of the games in the Finals. Um, So I guess my thoughts are (laughs) this one kind of talks again, like we talked about moving the goalposts. So I'm not even going to try to have the conversation as far as The goat and all that. Um, We've kind of talked about that. Maybe we'll get into it a little more again here. Um, I still would put Jordan there, Um, and ultimately, I'm just gonna say you're comparing two different eras, which I kind of think is like the the best way you can answer that question. But anyway, when it comes to just LeBron, um, whether you think that whole thing of like he wants his damn respect is tacky or not, (laughs) with like whatever your view is on that, I do think there's some truth to the fact that. He's one of those players who there's more expectations of him than any other player in the league, and the goalposts continue to be moved on him. Um when he accomplishes something, when he does something, like kind of like when uh Aaron Rodgers he said on the Pat McAfee podcast a couple weeks ago, he's like down years for me are career years for other players. Um and as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers, he's got a point for that, right? Like when you're great. And you're one of the best players people continue to expect more from you and so when lebron puts up 25 points and when he puts up a 25 point triple double people say oh yeah well he missed this pass or he could have like why didn't he put up 30 like he did the other night you know um so just some thoughts with lebron it's like i do think this championship there's probably some things about it that were easier and some things that were harder um, I'm not going to put an asterisk next to it and say it doesn't count. Um, Oh, me neither. I, I was thinking more of a joke about that. <laughs> no, I get you. Yeah. But there's people who legitimately other will. people will. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so overall thoughts, um, it's his longevity is insane. The fact that he's still, I mean, you can make the argument. Anthony Davis was the better player than him all year, but in the playoffs and especially in the finals, LeBron was the best player on the floor. Uh, Aside from Jimmy Butler at times, you know, and the fact that he still is lethal driving to the basket at like 50 years old (laughs) is uh, incredible. So a big, big postseason win. Um, Again, I'm not a Lakers fan or even necessarily a LeBron fan, but I thought it was uh, just another example of how incredible a player he is and how um, blessed we all are to be able to watch his career live because with both of us being a little too young to really watch the Jordan era, um, this might be the next best thing. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing I, um, commenting first on the demands, respect thing. First of all, congratulations to the Lakers and all the people who are the bandwagon Lakers fans. Um, <laughs> or more seriously to like the Kobe legacy kind of, connection yeah. like the fact that the lakers won the year that kobe passes a uh, yeah by the way okay i'm sorry i have a lot of issues with a lot of things with this so <laughs> okay. first of all a lot of people are like the lakers have to win because kobe died this year you know what the yankees were in the world series in 2001 after 9-11 and they lost to the diamondbacks <laughs> the lakers do not have to win just because kobe died this right, year right right yes it's poetic and yes it's beautiful but it's not like you should ask the Heat to lay down and let the Lakers win because Kobe died. No, of course. Yeah. I know that's not what they're saying. I'm just pointing out. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, LeBron demanding respect. I guess to me, I think it's a, it was just a little silly to me for him to like throw that in at the end. Mm-hmm. I understand, I guess, your viewpoint of like his expectations are constantly raised. And frankly, he did come into the league with a lot of high expectations already. Um, but... hmm It just seems silly to me because it's like, dude, everybody knows you're the best in this league. Everybody knows it. Even the people that say you're not, they know that you are. Like, you've clearly made... Like, I don't know how anybody... I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not a LeBron hater. I'm just not a fan either. Mm -hmm. I don't understand... But I still don't understand how anybody, hater or not, could not identify LeBron as the best in the league. And... So yeah. to me, it just seemed a little bit. To me, it clearly seemed like a shot at Jordan and at the goat debate. Maybe mm. it wasn't, but to me, it was like, you know, like now I deserve respect because I won a fourth championship, right? That and level of respect, yeah, yeah. And so now I, I, yeah. this segues me into two different arguing points that people use in the LeBron is the goat debate mm-hmm. that I just get frustrated by, and I've kind of realized in myself that I don't actually, I have nothing against LeBron. I don't hate LeBron. I do appreciate his talent and it has been fun to watch him play because it is honestly like cheat code unfair how good he is throughout his career. Mm -hmm. But I've realized what I hate about the whole goat thing is the debate itself and the arguments people make, how fervent people believe them and just how frankly stupid the debate is anyway mm-hmm. so i want to ask your opinion on it because i know you're you are more on the side of lebron is the goat than i am yeah and so i'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are on this so i was in a group chat and the first thing people brought up and you kind of alluded to this too was people were arguing that lebron is the goat because of his mileage hmm. and i guess you you it is definitely a measuring stick for greatness to see somebody play for that long. But to me, it's really unfair to just be like, well, LeBron's played longer. So therefore he's better than Michael. That seems really stupid to me. Right? Yeah. I think it's a factor, like you said, but if anything, you also have to look at it from the other side is his stats will be not inflated because it's, it's not fair to say inflated because he's still putting in the effort to get those stats. Um, but by playing longer, he's also going to have, like, more statistics to rack up, you know? Yeah. So you're already seeing the benefit there. Um, So, yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. I mean, LeBron has already played five more years in the NBA than Michael Jordan. Yeah. So it, I understand, I guess, sort of, like, oh, he put up more mileage. It's like, I, I don't know. I guess I don't get it. It's kind of a stupid argument to me. So he's played longer. Well, back when Jordan was in college or when Jordan was playing – Players being drafted out of high school wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. So Jordan didn't even have that opportunity. Now, if we look at it objectively, Jordan needed those years in college to develop. But still, the point is, Jordan didn't even have that opportunity. And even if he did, Jordan played 15 years. And that's it. And Jordan still did everything he did. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really really a dumb argument to me. Hmm. The other one I don't really – I also just don't get why – and this is like a very widespread popular one and I don't understand why people make such a big deal of it, but people are like LeBron's the goat because he's now won a championship in three different teams. I don't get why that's makes you the goat. I'm sorry. I don't Hmm. get why winning it in three different places makes that any more special than you winning it three times in the same place. Hmm. Can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah, I guess with that, um, I think it can be overplayed, right? Like, people will be like, you're automatically the greatest because you've done that. But then you see other players who have won, like... I forget the name. Is it Horry? I forget his name. Yeah, Robert Horry. Yeah, he's won, like, with four different teams or something. John Uh, Sally. Yeah, so it's like, that by itself isn't... I guess the part of the argument that's most compelling with that is, like, the fact that he goes to a team and, yeah, you can say, like, well, he has to get stars around him, which... I mean, whether that takes away from him or not is an, another interesting discussion, but he gets to a team, makes that team a contender within a year or two, and when he leaves, a lot of those teams had just looked awful, like especially the Cavs, um, both times he left them, um, and even Miami fell off pretty quickly. And I know it's because other players leave and stuff too, but I guess there is something, when you talk about legacy and impact, I can understand why some people argue that that adds to it, the fact that you're able to put teams together um and turn teams into contenders so um mm-hmm. it, like in some ways i I get why it was a knock against like for example Kawhi leonard when he leaves toronto and they look just as good without him almost you know like um well that's part of people's argument against jordan is that when jordan left for baseball the bulls were still going to like the eastern conference finals yeah which i i don't think that's fair and maybe that team was still good but he definitely is the one who put them over the edge and put them over the top so i don't know i guess i get that part of the discussion as long as you don't make the argument that that's like the main reason why you think he's in the goat conversation yeah i think it's a factor but i bring all this up because like i said what frustrates me is the debate itself yeah if you want to debate the goat i just all i want to hear from you are stats and like highlights basically and like actual gameplay that's all I want to hear about. I don't want to hear all these other more like semantics-based arguments that are just stupid. And the thing is, though, is like I'm saying I'll listen to you if you come at me with stats. But even if you come at me with stats, what I'm going to tell you is that there's two completely different eras, two different players. They technically don't even play the same position. And yeah. it it to me, it's a... People like to debate it because it's something to talk about at the water cooler, but it's really <laughs> right. not. It's really an impossible debate. There's no way to ever settle it. No one will ever know. LeBron could win seven more championships, and there'd still be people that would say Michael Jordan's the greatest. LeBron could make seven more championships and lose everything, and people could still say LeBron is the greatest. I, yep. I don't. And there, you'd have arguments either way. Mm-hmm. There's. It's impossible for this to really be resolved. And I guess that's. I'm just kind of fed up with it yeah one. my last thought on the whole his comments not even the debate of the goat thing but his comments about wanting respect my first thought might be like as one of the greatest like maybe show a little more toughness there and kind of let the criticism roll off you a little more but i do get one of the things with that's different with this era when you talk about comparing two eras the 24-hour news cycle social media hot takes the fact that like again something that's impossible to really compare because right. like we didn't have that with jordan yeah you didn't but the fact that and, and exactly and it's like the fact that like now you can have with how good as lebron has been you know and like you said everybody knows he's the best right now but you have and i don't know how serious this is maybe it's just a discussion point but you have like national tv guys saying is lebron even the best player on his team which i mean at times ad played better yeah but is he the best player on his team obviously or saying like is Kawhi leonard better than lebron you know like and then the clippers fold like a cheap lawn chair and never even get to face the lakers you know it's like things like that i get why he would frustrate him i still don't know if he should make that kind of statement I'm in a post-game me- speech but i get why it would be frustrating I mean, if he's just referring to that, then I, I don't have a problem with it because right now he's obviously the best. Mm-hmm. But to me, it maybe it's because I am on the Jordan side of the GOAT debate, and if he did say, it to me it felt like that, and maybe it's just me assuming things and that's wrong of me. Um, it just still seemed a little silly to say, but I can understand a little bit why he said it. Yep. But we really need to move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very briefly, uh, to NHL, Stan Bowman is a freaking idiot, and the draft picks were fine for the for the Hawks. Um, their highest draft pick. Everyone was saying he's one of those players where he doesn't really have a high ceiling, but he has a high floor.
2: Hmm. Just a so, steady player. Yeah. Just
0: a st- yeah. He's probably not going to be a star. He's probably just going to be a key piece to. A depth piece for your your lines so mm-hmm. which is still whatever with how you rotate lines and stuff Yeah, yeah whatever uh but the yep. pro the thing that he, he's done that's more idiotic is he chose to not bring back Corey crawford
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that angered a lot of people including jonathan taves and patrick kane and brent seabrook and duncan keith <laughs> okay that's a good idea so you're yep. gonna piss off literally the Hall of Famers on your team, even if they're not playing up to their Hall of Fame level, which Kane and Taves and Keith pretty much still have been. Seabrook hasn't, but mm-hmm. your veteran piss- core, yeah, you're pissing them off by not bringing back their friend and Corey Crawford. He, despite injuries and stuff, he still has performed at a very high level. Um, and yeah, he so, was the best player on the Blackhawks in the postseason. Yeah. yeah, he won that game against the Golden Knights by himself. Yep, <laughs> um, it's totally. It was just very frustrating. Crawford said he didn't expect it at all. like It just hmm. came out of nowhere, kind yeah. of. Um, and so then they decide to give money to Malcolm Subban, who's PK's younger brother, mm-hmm. who they had picked up in a trade last year. And I guess, sure, I guess I'm curious to see what he can do. And they have someone, a prospect named Colin Delia. He played a few games last year sure let's see what we can do but the what the message sends when you don't bring back Crawford who's still a very productive goalie is okay we're going young we're starting a rebuild right okay and that i can i can understand that too because you have Kirby Doc, Adam Boquiz Dominic Kubalik, you have some really good young pieces that mm-hmm. had some playoff experience now but then he goes and he signs a veteran defenseman and like a veteran and a veteran forward or something. I don't know. He signed like two guys that were like 25 or over. Yeah. Which I know is like still young, but like Hmm. in hockey, some of these players are playing when they're like 19. Um, Then also he trades away Brandon Saad for one player where, and then the avalanche who Saad was traded to, they just traded a different player for like, that's a lesser player than Saad. And they got like multiple draft picks back and Stan Bowman didn't get a single one. Hmm. And so it's just like he's making these decisions. They're questionable. They don't fit this narrative of, oh, we're going younger when you're signing players that are more in the middle of their careers. You should be signing people that you are high on that really haven't had any chance to prove themselves yet. That's like what you should be signing for or trading for prospects or draft picks. And he's everything he's doing doesn't make sense. People want to believe that he's this great GM because – he was the GM during the Stanley Cup Finals. He's mm-hmm. the son of Scotty Bowman. Like People want to believe that he's this great NHL mind. But to be frank with you, most of the Stanley Cup core was drafted by Dale Talon, the GM before Stan Bowman. Yep. And Stan Bowman, yeah, he did make some moves that did help the Hawks throughout the Stanley Cup years, including Antoine Vermette was probably the biggest acquisition they had. But... Stan Bowman since then has been a disaster, and now with uh, Ricky Renteria having been fired from uh, from the White Sox, Stan Bowman is probably the worst, like the worst front office slash executive that there is in the city. Hmm. Um, so I don't know how long he's gonna be around. Probably, unfortunately, for a little while longer. But that's all I have to say about the Blackhawks. Uh, what do you have about the Red Wings? Yeah, so I have some more thoughts on the Red Wings, but actually, uh, we have an interview, which I teased the Red Wings and some of my stuff with them in the fourth round or the fourth overall pick at the I'll top tease of the your show. Red Wing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, next up, we have an interview, and it's with Nolan Bianchi of the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, so, tune into this. Uh, we get into some of our thoughts and just talk hockey. All right, listeners, it's the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with um nolan bianchi of the locked on red wings podcast and contributor for the detroit news uh to talk a little bit of red wings so nolan it's good to have you on the show
1: hey good to ha- good to be here
0: yeah and uh so yeah we'll go ahead and jump into it obviously coming off the end of the nhl season um the lightning winning the stanley cup what were your thoughts on the postseason and some of the things we saw
1: I thought the postseason was really exciting. Uh, I was a big, big pessimist heading into mm. the – the just as kind of all the, the details were coming out, I, like, laughed at the bubble cities and all that other stuff. <laughs> right, right. I was just – you know, I just uh, – whatever. I just didn't want to get hurt again. I think that's what it was. But the, <laughs> the NHL really exceeded expectations at pretty much every turn uh, in the bubble. And you got the core, core goal done. You got – you crowned – a Stanley Cup champion. I thought it was super, super exciting throughout. I know there were some people who said that, uh, you know, like my co-host on the show, Ethan Smith, said that the the finals didn't really necessarily feel like the finals. But I disagreed with that. I thought as far as an on-ice product goes, I mean, in your first game, you have uh, Justin Williams throwing down, dropping the mitts uh, in that Carolina Rangers game in like the first game of the playoffs. So I thought from an intensity standpoint, I thought from – you know, just a, uh, a gameplay standpoint, they really fulfilled pretty much all expectations. And of course you had the lightning going on and, and winning the Stanley cup, which has Steve Eisman's fingerprints all over it. So that was, that was obviously a pretty cool yeah. thing too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, like you said, it still feels like by watching them, you kind of get a glimpse for the product that Eisman can build, which is obviously yeah. what you want to see as Red Wings fans. So, um, yeah. So, Let's talk more specifically Red Wings Um, with. um, So we just had the draft drafted Lucas Raymond fourth overall, which let me just get your take on this real quick. I was personally really upset with the way the lottery went down. Um, Just I mean, it's the nature of lotteries, which I've always hated, but the fact that you have a team that's by far the worst team in hockey um, ends up with the fourth overall. Uh, What were your thoughts when you saw that draw?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, it's always a little bit tantalizing when you're like that 7th to 10th team in and you have the chance to maybe move up to the top three. But I think mm-hmm. the Red Wings have not had good lottery luck at all since they, you know, kind of fell into uh, or started their rebuild, I think. Don't quote me on this. I think they've dropped uh, the maximum amount of spots minus one since they Jeez. since they started entering the lottery. So that means every year they're falling three spots. And then I think one year they only fell two, but I, that actually might be incorrect. So don't quote me on you. that. Yeah. But, uh, and that really sucks, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, especially in a draft like this. You have – Alexi Lafreniere, you have Quentin Byfield, two guys who really are bona fide franchise corner pieces. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tim Stutzla uh, goes third to the Ottawa Senators. I know there were a lot of people who were just as high on him as they were on uh, Quentin Byfield. So it was disappointing to fall out of that top three, despite the fact that going in, you kind of have this notion of, well, yeah, the odds would would indicate that they're more likely to fall out of the top three than stay inside of it. And you try to mentally prepare for that, but I think when that when that draft card comes up and it says four and you flip it over and it's the Red Wings logo, you're you're a little bit hurt. But yeah. there, it's a two sided thing where if this if you were gonna fall out of the top three, this was the draft to do it. But if you were gonna be in that top three, this is also the draft to do it. Is a pretty deep draft. They end up with Lucas Raymond,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who I think the one the one thing that really prevented him from being in that conversation with Byfield and Stutzler was the fact that he didn't get a lot of playing time over in the shl last season despite Mm. the fact that it was an adult league uh you know people were a little bit weary of what might happen uh once he he kind of got more minutes so i think the unknown with him forced him to fall to four and obviously that benefited the red wings because they were able to to steal him and who knows man you know maybe the draft obviously it's always one of those things it takes a couple years to play out but uh, I think you very well could be looking at a situation where in a couple of years, you're looking at it and saying, well, Lucas Raymond is one of the best two, three players in this draft. So obviously it hurts, but it's going to be a lot of wait and see. Mm, yeah.
0: So as far as obviously with the draft big haul day two, um, I think it was like 11 picks mm-hmm. since the first round or something. I forget what the number was, but yeah, a lot of picks we got in those later rounds. Um, and then you see Abdul Kader uh, looks like we're, the Red Wings moving on from him. So, I mean, this team's going to look a lot different next year. Who are some players, even guys who were on the team last year, who you think will contribute right away? Or what does the team look like overall?
1: Well, I think the team uh, in general is going to be drastically different. You hit on Advocator but they also lost Jonathan Erickson, Jimmy yeah. Howard. not er, Erickson, you know, didn't really play a lot. He's He's been regressing for years, uh, suffered an injury last season. But I think it was just nice uh, Madison Bowie. As well, Trevor Daly. Uh, I think it, it's just going to be nice to know that we are turning the page on the Steve Irons, or on the Ken Holland mm-hmm. era. He did some great things in Detroit, but there were some things that were kind of left over from his tenure that Steve had to take care of. And so far, uh, he's done that. There's a couple of guys who who are kind of left over uh, Luke Lindenning, Darren hell, but those are guys who are both very serviceable in third, third yeah. or fourth line roles, penalty kill roles. So I don't necessarily look at that as a negative thing. I would say the one thing obviously still hanging over is that Franz Nielsen contract. He signed through 2022 at 5.25 million per. That's not ideal. <laughs> and he's got yeah. a modified no trade clause. I don't see anybody trading for him anyways. The red wings aren't no. necessarily pressed, <laughs> Uh, to the point where they need to get that contract off the books. But, I mean, you just look at this lineup, uh, top to bottom, and, and with the fact that some of the kids have been loaned over to Europe, I think you have a a chance to have a completely different team this year. I mean, you add Namesnikov, you add Bobby Ryan. Both of those guys, second or third line guys, can help out Robbie Fabry, uh, Phillip Zadina, uh, you know, and it's kind of getting to a point where, you're looking at the depth chart at forward and, and even on defense to a certain degree. And you're saying, okay, how do all of these guys fit in? Because yes, they did add these players. They are going to be a more competitive NHL team next season, but at the same time, guys like uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov, Dennis Jalowski, uh, Michael Rasmussen, those are guys who are going to have to earn playing time with the amount of guys that, that Steve Eisenman has brought in this year. So I think it's going to be, it, it's going to be a much different look team. And then also you'll have the chance for uh, some new guy or, or some of the prospects to kind of prove themselves uh, in one of their make it or break it years.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So it, it's just, there's the steps you want to see, right. For a team that's rebuilding and yeah. kind of cleansing out the old stuff. I don't know how much of a fan you are of other Detroit sports um, or anything pretty like that, fan. but yeah, uh,
1: I follow pretty closely.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's nice to see like the, probably the one front office I'm confident in at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even though they're rebuilding, there's really good signs there with that. Well, that kind of leads into I, I usually mention this, or we ask this at the top of the interviews. Um, but you said your friends are your fans of other Detroit sports teams. So like, what's your fandom look like for NHL and just sports in general? And then how did you get started writing about the team?
1: Uh, so I, I've always been a big sports fan, grew up a Detroit sports fan. Uh, I've had my diehard phases with pretty much every team here, the Pistons, the Red Mm -hmm. Wings. They were both great when I was young. So were the Tigers, uh, Lions, obviously always on and off, but you have that emotional attachment that you just can't (laughs) get away. And I, I think I'm still pretty much at the same point now that I was when I was a kid, I'm just a little bit more jaded now. So, uh, I mean, I love, I love my Detroit sports teams, unfortunately, because uh, of the fact that I do pay so much attention to the Red Wings and Alliance now, uh, mm-hmm. both for the lockdown Red Wings podcast and for the Detroit news. Uh, I-, I haven't been able to keep up with the other teams as much, the Tigers and the Pistons, but I got an eye on, on what's going on. Uh, yeah. and then in terms of writing for, you know, just in general or, or doing the podcast for the team, uh, I, I studied journalism in college. I, uh, had been with the Detroit news since I believe 2017 now. So I cover lions for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I do, uh, you know, kind of, uh, a lot of prep football for them, a lot of Michigan, Michigan state coverage for them as well. Uh, and then the occasional lions or pistons or red wings or tigers game. Yeah. Uh, so that was just something that it was just my, the, the career path that I kind of wanted to get into. And, uh, here I am.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, I'll mention this as like a shout out to Kyle, uh, my co-host, when we talk about the Blackhawks. um, So what are your thoughts just really briefly on when they did the realignment and we kind of lost that rivalry? Um, Was that a team when you think of the Blackhawks, like, is that a team you really hated? Is it a rivalry you wish we still had? Like, um, yeah, kind of what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have always hated the Blackhawks. It's actually funny The the, my co-host at Lockdown Redmix, Ethan Smith, we, uh, he's not really in, in media. Um, but I, he, he has just been my really good friend for a long time. The way Mm -hmm. we actually met was we were on the bus in 10th grade and, uh, I was walking, you know, past him, and I saw his kid, and he's wearing a Chicago Blackhawks shirt, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is up with that?" And then I get past him, and he's wearing, and it's got uh, 81 Hosa on the back, and I'm like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like, I just like said something to him, and I was like, "Your shirt sucks," uh, I got, or like Hosa's a bitch or something like right, that, right? Right? It was just something dumb, <laughs> and then he's like, "It's just one of those things." It was just the, the icebreaker, uh, yep. and so I've I've hated Chicago sports for a long time. My guy Ethan, he's a little bit of a bandwagoner uh his his quote like all blackhawks fans he likes to yeah right uh his quote is that he he likes to root for rebuilding teams but i think we all know what that means uh so i i hate the blackhawks he he likes to pick and choose when he's a blackhawks fan and when he's not uh so that's a, a little bit of annoying and something that i constantly rip him for uh on the show but yeah i mean i hate chicago sports he that, that series in 2013, I think was the one that was the last mm-hmm. time uh, that they met in the that playoffs. Western and Conference that was lineup. a heartbreaker. The Red Wings blow that, that 3-1 lead and, as the Blackhawks go and win their second Stanley Cup in three years. So yeah. I always have a special place in my heart to hate Chicago. I don't think that'll ever go away.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. uh, Yeah. It's tough (laughs) when you see rivalries kind of be, well, like you cover Michigan football too, to some level, you know, like Michigan, Notre Dame, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, disappointing, but yeah, I thought we'd kind of bring that back a little bit. So I hate the
1: Blackhawks, Uh, (laughs) but very firm on that.
0: Awesome. (laughs) So as we look forward to this next year, um, as you kind of look at other teams moves, they make things like that. Like what's your sense, obviously big changes for the Red Wings, Will they be just one step closer? Is there still a lot more work to do? Or is this a team that could potentially be contending for a playoff
1: spot next year? This is a very tough question. I think it's obviously still a team that needs a lot more work, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm of the opinion that they should be taking a bit of a step forward next year. I don't think that's anything that's any sort of crazy prediction to make. Like if you look at it, like right. it's just simply they've upgraded at a lot of different places this year. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them. I would. I, I don't want to see them finish bottom three again. I don't want to see uh, another season like we had last year, and it's that would obviously be pretty tough to match uh, historically bad record. But uh, I, it's it's kind of a weird year because a lot of these guys who might get some playing time with the Red Wings, you know, Mo Sider, uh, Joe Volano, who, whoever it may be, they're probably going to be stashed over in Europe until at least March or, or April. Uh, Steve Eisman said they're there for the season, so at the earliest if they come over after that, but my thing is you're looking at this this new roster, you have your core pieces in place, and I think I think having another season that is as bad as last year uh you know just is really not a, a good look first of all and then just not a good thing for the core man like Dylan Larkin. like how many times can dylan larkin get get sent out there after a seven and one loss to the wild you know Mm -hmm. and 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 i don't want to see that happen i don't think anybody who watches the red wings on a regular basis wants to see that happen so while i don't know i don't think they'll they'll be contending for a playoff spot but i'm i'm looking at it from the sense of it's not out of the question and i think that they could very well finish you know eighth worst team in the league which isn't great but it you're somewhat in the hunt at that point so uh maybe a buffalo sabers type season Mm. (laughs) would be accepted at this point
0: or for detroit fans kind of a detroit Tigers season you know like you take some steps in the right direction you're really not a real contender yet but you see some good signs so
1: yeah exactly i mean they have had how many guys that that kind of took a big step forward next year and Mm -hmm. They trailed off at the end, but you're walking away from it saying, yep. okay, we, we we were right about the pieces that we had in place, and we are good to keep pushing forward, and that's what I think you want to see this year.
0: Definitely, yeah. Uh, one last question specifically for this coming season. Um, so what is – you mentioned Jimmy Howard being gone. Um, I know we got Thomas – is it Grease or Grice? I know Grice. I'm butchering his name, Grice. Um, yep. Yeah, I got him from the Islanders. Is he our starting goalie next year, um, or is there somebody else you're looking to –
1: I think it's going to be Jonathan Bernier. I wouldn't be surprised to see Grice play more than Howard did last year. I'm pretty sure like uh, it was like a very much a 70, 30 split. Uh, It's another thing you don't quote me on, but that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, And when Jonathan – Bernier was in the lineup and he was playing well. He was playing really, really good. There's a lot of arguments to be made that he was the Red Wings team MVP last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that, that stretch from, I think it was December 12th, like kind of towards the end of the season, he was the only guy that you could really count on showing up at any given night. And Thomas Grice, Uh, Is a very solid, capable backup. He has a 9.30 save percentage or 9.21 save percentage over his last two seasons, Mm -hmm. I believe, which is simply remarkable. I think that's like 71 games or something like that. Uh, But the important thing to keep in mind when you're looking at that raw number is the fact that A, the Islanders play a very defensive minded game to begin with, and B, the fact that this was one of the worst defenses we've ever seen in NHL history last year. So I think that they're, uh, you know, be happy. With the signing of Grice, he'll be here for the next two years, 3.6. It's a very reasonable deal, and you can kind of sit here and wait for a prospect to develop and, and reassess the situation in 2022. Uh, but I, I would be surprised to see Thomas Grice get a starting position. I think it's going to be much more of a 1A, 1B type thing.
0: Mm, okay, cool. And then uh, I keep thinking of more questions, so I think this will be the last one. But uh, So, like, as a fan of the Red Wings, obviously we've had – big names in the past I remember being a fan and having like Datsug, Zetterberg, you know Lidstrom like all these guys who are like my favorite player so when you look at a core of a lot of young guys like who's a guy who you're most excited to watch or who would you like I don't know if you can even say when you when you are like breaking down the team professionally or writing about them it's hard to maybe break it down as simply as a favorite player Uh, but who's that guy who you're most excited to see next year maybe.
1: Well, I really hope that Philip Sedina can take a a pretty massive step forward next year because he's a guy who when he's making plays like he's electric, like he's not just Mm -hmm. like scoring uh, boring goals like they're one timers, they're beautiful goals they are unbelievable shots. And I think with these better pieces around him that should definitely help take a little bit of the pressure off him as well as kind of uh, help facilitate more production. So I think he's somebody uh, who who will be with the NHL roster full-time next season that I'm really looking forward to. Outside of that, I mean, how can you not look forward to to Mo Sider and Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Raymond, just what Mo Sider did in grand Rapids last season, what we've seen from Lucas Raymond, uh, so far this season, he's been tearing it up today. And then another guy who we, we, we want to keep an eye on is Jonathan Bergeron. Uh, he is absolutely tearing it up in the SHL too. Actually Raymond and Bergeron played each other, uh, today. I believe they each had a point. Raymond had the game winning goal in the shootout. Hmm. Um, but Jonathan Bergeron is, is on an absolute tear. I have a, uh, I'm trying to pull something up here. Mm-hmm real quick um let's see i can't oh uh 20 year old jonathan bergeron uh sits second in the shl with scoring 10 points mm. in seven games which that's a league that men play in. like uh, lucas raymond is the captain of his team is henrik Lundqvist' twin brother so um uh, mm. just the sheer amount of production that he's put up. I think he he's a really really exciting guy. He's dealt with injuries in previous years, so maybe that's kind of taken some of the steam off of his buzz. But uh, if I'm looking at it just just from what these kids are doing over in the SHL this year, those are two guys to keep an eye on.
0: Awesome. Yeah, good insight for sure. Okay, so as we wrap up, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you and your work.
1: Uh, we well, can find me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Uh, it's all one word. Uh, you can find the tw- uh, podcast on Twitter at L O underscore. Red Wings, we do giveaways, we do, you know, daily throwback pictures, highlights, uh, post all of our episodes there, we post an episode every single day. So I mean, if you're somebody who kind of just wants to keep a tabs of what's going on, I can't recommend the show enough, because I guarantee if something happened, we are going to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, And like I said, it's it's every day. So you're not going to miss out on anything. Awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's been great to have you on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to having you on again, maybe some point as the season gets going and talk more Red Wings. Yeah. Thanks, man. Anytime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Yep. Bye. Thanks again to Nolan Bianchi for coming on to talk with the man, in the Michigan hat, about the Red Wings. Before we get into our segments, it's time for a quick break.
2: This is October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Head to shop.shootyourshotsports.com. 100% of the proceeds
0: of pink ribbon gear goes towards saving them boobies. Let's go. All right, well, our first segment today is cap or no cap. So as you all know, in this segment, we take turns describing the hat or logo from any baseball team, Anywhere around the world or in history. And we keep tally to see who can get to 10 first. Um, We have to determine if those designs that are described, the logos or the hats, if they are real or fake. Uh, Real being no cap and (laughs) fake being cap. So that's to our boomer listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Um, (laughs) But the loser uh, will face a punishment. The loser after the 10 first to 10 uh, will face a punishment determined by the winner and the listeners. So the current score, I am currently winning eight to four, meaning that if I sweep tonight, I could send the man in the Michigan hat to his second consecutive punishment.
1: How are you feeling?
0: (laughs) Oh man. Um, I feel like I get at least one tonight, but I can't afford to go one, one and one and then yep. put myself in a must-sweep situation next week, I really got to get a sweep here just to keep close. Um, and I don't know if I'm feeling that good. <laughs> so let's just see. I mean, well, the thing that will be interesting is that really, in many ways, I feel I feel like you almost need two sweeps in a row to really get back in this yeah. game. Yep. Because even if you sweep this week, I'm still up by two. Uh, it does put more pressure yeah. on me next week because uh, I don't want you to tie. But next week you could go but, one and one or something. You know? Yeah, I know. It still be yeah. good. So we'll yeah. see what happens this week. So as I have been doing since I, I do have the lead, I'm letting you decide if you would like to select who goes first or if you would like to defer that decision to me. Oh! oh. <laughs> so real quick, I've got the, <laughs> the Chargers-Saints game going in the other tab. It's yes. 27-27. Chargers just went to kick a 50-yard field goal to win the game at the end of regulation off the upright. Oh. Oh. That's brutal. A 50-yarder. So it's overtime? Yeah, it's going to overtime. But that means my Did you see Cody Parkey br- hit a game-winning field goal off the upright? Did he really? I didn't he had a doink that. and it went in, and Barstool Big Cat tweeted out and he said, "Oh, now it goes in." <laughs> well, you just tweeted just now a minute ago. Don't say the D word because <laughs> it went <laughs> off the upright. So, <laughs> Yep. Oh man, it's tough. Oh, man. Anyway, that being said, uh, I will go first with my description. Um, All right. So I guess I, that way I know how much pressure is on me when I guess the next time. <laughs> <day. laughs> okay. So what I'm describing to you is a cap. Uh huh. Um, so this cap is like a light green, not a lime green, but like a, it's like a pastel color green. And on this green hat, there's a red planet. So it's not Mars cause it's got like the rings like Saturn, but mm-hmm. Saturn's like a orangey color I or something, I think. So this is just a made up planet with a ring around it. And then above that ring is a rocket ship and it's got, um, it's like a got a line behind it as it's kind of going over the top of this planet, kind of like it's in orbit or something. It's kind of like following the curvature of the planet, um, mm. and yeah, it's just a, like a light gray rocket ship. And then the team name mm. is underneath uh, on the hat it's underneath that planet. So Furious George Cap or no cap? Mm. Man, I was feeling really strongly one way. Until you said something. Okay. So, I was feeling really strong. This seems very real to me. Okay. And I was really leaning with no cap, actually, until you mentioned the team name, simply because I've told you in the past that the team name is usually more of a giveaway to me. Yep. So, the question is, is, are you trying to trick me with the team name? Or are you trying to trick me into thinking that you're tricking me? It's like the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you um, would know that I knew that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I am going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Cap. You are correct. Yes! That was a lie. Oh, man. I did remember the thing about the team name. Um, I thought you so might, I that, threw that in to kind of just throw you off. Um, cause I thought you would switch the way you went on it knowing that it's um, weird because you, the cap description, the colors, yeah. you really had me going. Cause it's the, the whole, like, even though it was like a nondescript planet, yeah, that <laughs> would make sense to me on a baseball cap, just like, a generic planet. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh i thought I felt good on that one well that's I, not ideal <laughs> the minute you mentioned the name thing at the bottom i immediately <laughs> in my head it was like wait a second I, yeah oh man well so, that puts it nine to four yeah, i could pressure win. is on oh boy all right and again listeners yeah there will be a punishment coming in if i lose here or whenever anyone loses but uh yeah yep and maybe time to start over. having that conversation <laughs> <laughs> all right okay I got well, this. i am going to describe to you a hat okay this hat is navy all over so that's the buttons the little air breather hole things the bill yep uh just like sailors everything is navy nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> on this navy hat is a big and very bright orange sun emblazoned across the front in front of the sun is a buffalo or bison of some sort it is standing on some sort of pedestal it looks like uh the artist of this bison has decided to emphasize this beast's mane hooves and ribs while accentuating its hindquarters so cap thick. or no cap Did you say thick thick how many c's <laughs> like six <laughs> <laughs> huh Hmm. I have a really strong lean to cap. I'm just gonna go with it. Let's put it all on the line. I think you're lying, cap. Unfortunately for you, my <gasps> friend, I am not lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ten my. to four. Of the absolute <laughs> bloodbath. <laughs> The man in the Michigan hat is blown out. <laughs> so, do you see the picture? All right, let me find it. Oh, yeah, I got it. All right, so <laughs> this is the, the Houston Buffaloes, or more commonly known as the Houston Buffs. That's like a and really lame logo, honestly. <laughs> they Yeah, I had to work a lot to kind of give the description, make it sound interesting. <laughs> what I meant by the like accents were like the white lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Huh. they were an american minor league baseball team and they were the first minor league team to be affiliated with a major league franchise which was the st louis cardinals they were founded in 1888 and they played in the texas league at various levels throughout the majority of its existence are they still an active team or no no. Huh. Most recently from 1959 through 1961. That's how recent they wow. are. It does look team, like an old logo. Kinda. The team played in the American Association at the AAA level of the high minor league baseball as the affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Hmm. Interesting. So, it kind of looks like a dad hat with the small does, logo. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. So I learned. Oh, wait. Let me see. Uh, the Houston Buffaloes were purchased by the Houston Sports Association in 1961 to obtain the Houston metropolitan area to t- territorial rights for the new expansion team in Major League Baseball. In the National League, the Houston Colt Forty-Fives. Oh, uh, yep. Hmm. Who then became known four years later as the Houston Astros. Oh, that's cool fun little piece of baseball history yeah there you go and you lose on it <laughs> thanks for that reminder. Yeah, no actually oh, so I, I referenced that astros podcast earlier this is where i this i never oh. heard of the houston buffs until listening to it there and they were yep so interesting yeah houston buffs what a way to lose <laughs> all right yeah. listeners we'll be thinking of some punishments not me <laughs> i'll get some i'll get some stuff up online for us to 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 talk have an open platform yep <laughs> Cool. oh man well let's get to another segment <laughs> <laughs> this is fitting isn't it it's what this next segment is fitting isn't it <laughs> let's get to fn idiot <laughs> you fn idiot all right so, I have a lot to talk about here, and I've already ranted a lot this episode. I don't even really know where I want to start. But... Just jump into one of them, and we'll go from there. Okay. Because I'll, I'll say, as like a before we get into it, I don't have one for me this week. Um, I had a few I kind of tossed around, but no major ones, and some of the ones I had were the same ones you had. Uh, so, what we'll do, I'll let you run through these, and then I'll just kind of reflect on... Uh, right. Or mention anything if I have any more to say. All right. So. I'm gonna similar to our main topics. I'm gonna start with the ones I have least the least to say about, and yep. then okay. So first, Ian Rappaport got suspended <laughs> for he posted like an advertisement or promotion for Manscaped, which yeah. is it's an not, important thing to raise awareness for. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, un- unfortunately you for him, trim the bushes, the tree stands taller. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for him, um. I don't think that they are a sponsor. It was something about the sponsorships, right? He had a uh, like on his Instagram story or something he posted an ad for that which he probably got like $50 for. Um but as an employee of the NFL, he can't right. advertise for things that aren't affiliated with the NFL. That's um, right. so now he's suspended for 2 weeks, which to me is like Man, punishment doesn't really fit the crime in my yeah, mind. I know. It seems like they're setting a precedent that don't even think about thinking about thinking about advertising on your own. Uh yeah. But kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Ian Rappaport posts a picture of and gets suspended for two weeks. The <laughs> Titans have COVID for like three weeks straight and they make <laughs> the rest of the league reassemble their schedule. <laughs> yeah. And this raises all kinds of interesting implications. Um for yep. other NFL insiders, because um, he's not gonna be able to post any yeah. breaking news. So somebody made a joke earlier this week. There was something about one of the COVID outbreaks that Schefter was posting. Yeah, and it, he posted it like, seemingly like, I don't know how they measured it. But based on when, like, the official team announced the news and when Schefter announced it, it was, like, slower than typical for him. And people were like, Schefter, taking his time with Rapaport on the, on the sideline." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, got no one else to worry about. All right. So we've been talking about NFL and COVID. And I'm not calling the Titans idiots, okay? I don't know all the story behind how they got it, but I'm pretty sure I did hear that some of it was like not recommended activity yeah um like outside of whatever bubble that the team has like disregarding their guidelines and stuff yeah um so that's aside from it all yep. for me the thing i want to focus on is horrible takes from twitter about covid in the nfl hmm. namely this one i saw from of course it's a cowboys fan and reporter hmm. guy Oh, so it's not just some random dude on Twitter. It's a- you No, know, he's verified, yeah. Okay. He tweeted out, basically, he just said, it's so interesting that the big COVID outbreaks have Patriots ties. Like he's being serious or that's a joke? Uh, look, I responded to him, or I retweeted him, and I said, weird take. And he responded and said, not everything is a take. So it sounds like he's serious, but I'm also kind of like, hmm. So let me get this straight. The whole joke about Stefan Gilmore making out with Pat Mahomes (laughs) and giving over like an STD COVID to the Kansas City Chiefs, that was like a joke, okay, guy? Yeah. And now you're – to me, that's almost what he's insinuating, though. Like the Patriots are doing this intentionally – like we're gonna purposefully get our players sick to give us this competitive advantage. If that's of, what he's getting at, then that's bizarre, isn't yeah. it? Well, and then for for Vrabel to do the same thing with the Titans, I just don't get. Right. I just don't get that. Like, would it really help give you an advantage at all to make the rest of the league reconfigure your schedule? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No it's so stupid so i just Weird. wanted to call that specific tweet out because <laughs> yeah i thought it was super dumb like <laughs> that's like, a good reason to call it out i mean you can say like yeah sure they both have patriots ties dude these look the nfl how many people are hired by a single team like how like thousands at least right yeah. Really, the like, whole league has ties to the Patriots. Exactly. At some point. That's what I'm getting at. Everybody yeah. has a tie to everybody. Yep. So, he, sure, I guess it's a point. Oh, yeah. Look, Vrabel was under Bill Belichick. Yeah. So, well, Matt Patricia was under Bill Belichick, and the Lions haven't had an outbreak. So, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yep. Just because they coached with Belichick doesn't mean that they're cheating by getting COVID. <laughs> and it also doesn't mean that they're good <laughs> coaches, but that's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I get you. Um, okay. <laughs> so then <laughs> my next thing that was also not an, an idiot is people about the Bears draft. So Chase Claypool had a crazy good game with four touchdowns in Pittsburgh. But Bears Twitter and people all over were blowing up about how the Bears screwed up by taking Cole Komet over Chase Claypool. Well, mm. listen, the The Bears needed a tight end. The Bears thought they had good wide receivers. They still have Allen Robinson. But the thing is, too, is Claypool, they, there was talk about converting Claypool to tight ending. I don't think Claypool was keen on that idea. Hmm. And so maybe that's mishandling by the Bears what they wanted to do, but... I guess my argument is is just because Claypool has a four-touchdown game does not necessarily mean that he's going to be better than Cole Komet. No. Cole Komet has not really been given any opportunities. He's been targeted like eight times, and several of those were bad throws by Mitch Trubisky that I can remember, and he's caught two passes, and both passes were for like three yards. Yeah. So it's like, look, and, and people say, look, Travis Kelsey had a good rookie year. Ertz had a good rookie year. If Comets for real, he should have a good rookie year. Maybe. Maybe he does need a year to develop. Maybe the Bears having Jimmy Graham will help Comet be really good next year. I don't really know what to tell you, but I, I guess what I'm calling out is that I think it's a little – it just seems a little early to be like, oh, look, the Bears screwed this up. Right. I just think that it's really cool among people right now to laugh at the Bears drafting, mm-hmm. which is funny because – the Bears have, like, the best drafting ever in, like, the late rounds. Like, Darnell Mooney was a fifth pick, and he's, yeah, like, clearly going to be a number two, number two, maybe number one receiver in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think it's funny for people to make fun of the Bears drafting early because Mitch Trubisky didn't work out, and so they're carrying that narrative over to this draft. But I, I think it's just a little, it's a little too much too quickly for me if anyone wants to laugh about drafts, I think we should go back to laughing about Packers drafts. Um, Because I believe the Packers have a bigger need at receiver than the Bears do. Yeah, they do. So you want to talk about Claypool being missed? Why don't you want to talk about the fact that maybe they shouldn't have drafted a quarterback ahead of him, you know? Claypool would be like a pro bowler on the Packers, probably. Oh, yeah. And I really like Claypool. Like <laughs> When he was with Notre Dame, I didn't. and I didn't know much about him. I liked him when he was with Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, he looks Stug. really good. I heard an interview with him today. And, uh, yeah, it seems like an interesting guy. I re- it's, I hope he does well. But, yeah, if any you want to talk about teams missing on him, there's yeah. a ton of other receivers in the draft. And there was other teams that needed receivers more that also didn't take him. So, yeah. The next F and idiot I want to get to is. This is horrible. Like this is right up there to me with Dak Prescott, hate, but even worse. After uh, was that game f- five? Uh, the Danny Green. Oh yep. Split. Okay, so after game five, Danny Green, his fiance. Was getting death threats. Yep, like about him, sent to their home. Hmm. Come on, people. Yep. Come on, like. Ugh. All right, I'm gonna be transparent. I didn't watch the game. I don't even know what Danny Green did. I just saw memes <laughs> and people saying he that was, he was getting death, death yeah. threats. Like so he, did he was just have a bad game. Yeah, or and he just yeah. I mean the offense isn't supposed to revolve around him. He's supposed to fill a role and take certain shots and be big at times and just missed his opportunities and committed too many bad mistakes. Um, so yeah, he did have a bad game, but you could have the worst game in the world. And like the fact that he had a bad game in a finals game. Yeah, that's, that's tough, but you could literally throw away the championship in game seven with the worst play in history and still not deserve death threats. Um, it's just ridiculous, especially it's, in a series. I don't get it. Like as a Lakers fan, especially in a series where you still feel like the series isn't really in doubt and you're gonna win yeah. the series, it's like chalk that up to no big deal. We'll win the next one. Like, was there really any Lakers fan out there that was scared at that moment they were gonna lose the NBA Finals? <laughs> it's just, uh just crazy to me. It, it's so, it, it it's it's a problem. Yeah. There should never be like. Going back to the Cubs and the Steve Bartman thing, that poor dude should never have had to like change his entire identity and life and move to Florida. Like, yep. he the I mean, maybe he's enjoying Florida, but <laughs> the point is, right. he received so much hate. He received so much. He received death threats. Yeah, guys, there's way more to life than sports. The only people whose life is sports are the athletes. Okay. Yep. Everybody else, you need to get over wins and losses every now and then and successes and failures. It's part of sports. If you're going to send death threats, then stop being a fan because you're not a real fan if you're sending death threats. True. Okay. The next thing I want to call out is Adam Wainwright in an interview said that there were multiple players on the St. Louis Cardinals who believe the earth <laughs> is flat. <laughs> This made me so happy because I hate the Cardinals. And this also seems like the most (laughs) St. Louis thing ever. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the blues and like some people on the St. Louis Rams back in the day, all believe that the earth is flat. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And St. Louis is obviously the center of this flat earth. (laughs) (laughs) So I really have no other commentary on this other than it's just hilarious. Hmm. Like, I honestly still can't believe that the whole flat earth thing has like come back. Like I understand initially how it started. Sure. That makes sense to me. Like we didn't have all the technology we we do now back when flat earth theories were first started. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep, Yep. Like, and going back to, like, Copernicus versus Galileo in terms of is the sun or the earth the center of the universe and things like that. Yeah, when you're trying to, like, plot the stars from a (laughs) dusty horse stall looking through, like, an old metal tube that has no, like, no. Well, and Galileo was in house arrest because everyone thought he was a lunatic and, uh. Being a heretic, too, for saying that the sun was the center, not the earth. Yeah. Trying to create some kind of, like, viewing apparatus using, like, straw and horseshoes. Yeah, I get why maybe you might not have a full understanding of the physics behind this. but Nowadays, come on. Yeah, there's no excuse at this point. And I get the whole, like, maybe you don't want to trust scientists because you think they have some kind of agenda. Okay, maybe. But the fact that anybody who's ever been on an airplane can see the curvature of the earth. And these athletes flow on, fly on airplanes every week. <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand. I'm sorry, we're probably losing our alienating our flat Earth audience here. But I mean, flying honestly, I just don't under. I You're don't guys understand. Walk right to me, the, edge? Yeah, yeah. the whole flat Earth thing to me is my same point of view on cigarette smoking. If Nowadays, you go out and you are a regular cigarette smoker, you are just as much of an idiot as somebody who believes in the flat earth because Mm -hmm. there is so much science now that shows that it's going to cause you mouth or throat or lung cancer or all of the above, and you're probably going to die from it, and... I don't want to be, like, morbid, but that's your fault. Well, even that's not nearly as dumb because I don't know many cigarette smokers who would argue that it's not bad for them. They know yeah, it's bad. because they're dead. <laughs> they know it's bad, but they just are like, because I have, like... The addiction. Yeah. And the even, nicotine or whatever. Or even, yeah, it's like, yeah, the benefit of having that cigarette outweighs the negative. But I don't. There's no benefit to being a flat earther. It's not like <laughs> it gives you any day. kind of like special benefits. <laughs> so there is no benefit that makes the. Yeah, it's just like there's no like. I guess the whole sense of superiority you must have from thinking you know something I that guess, all these dumb yeah. people don't know. But aside from that, it's like, it's I, how is it? I just it? would love to see a flat earther's version of the solar system. Like, <laughs> do they think the other planets are also flat, or do they think they're round? Yeah, why is our planet flat? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, it was and just, is it a flat yeah. circle or is it a flat rectangle like a map? Yeah, is it like a quarter? Yeah. <laughs> or a ruler? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> or like a piece of paper, yeah. Right, right. Huh. Uh, anyway, Cardinals are idiots. Yeah. Last baseball thing and also Cardinals related, and it's my final affinity of the day. The White Sox fired. Ricky Renteria – or they mutually parted ways with Ricky Renteria. That was interesting, yeah. it was. It's interesting because they finally made the playoffs for the first time since like 2008. Yep. And then they <laughs> get rid of him. But he was not good in the playoffs. No. He, yeah. He was really not that great during the year, and they really need somebody who can develop the young players on the White Sox. Yep. They also got rid of Don Cooper, who I was – he was the last piece in Chicago – that was standing as an example of Jerry Reinstorf's loyalty issues because mm. Don Cooper is the only piece remaining from the 2005 World Series White Sox, and to think that he's still the pitching coach from 2005 to now in 2020 <laughs> is a little crazy. Especially because they've never been known for great pitching anyway. So, so, Well, Chris Sale. I mean, aside from Sale, but okay. the fact that you have one notable good pitcher points to the fact that it was probably just Burley. that Chris Sale was good. You know? Yeah, it's not like you've coached these guys into, like, dominant bullpens or dominant yeah. staffs every year. You know? Mark Burley, though. Yeah, true. So two guys in 15 years, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, immediately people were – okay, I guess I'm partially calling out White Sox Twitter because immediately people were making a big story about Jerry Reinsdorf of calling Ozzy Gian and telling him, you are not a candidate for manager. I would think not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know Ozzie Guillen was still alive. I mean, he's not that old. I know. But when's the last time anyone said his name? I mean, White Sox people probably say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But but the point is, why was that even ever a consideration? Like you guys are acting like that's news. Was that yeah. really a possibility? If so, that's horrible move. Yeah. What? Anyway. In an even worse possibility for a move that makes even less sense to me, Bob Nightingale, who is an MLB insider, though a lot of people make fun of him for his takes and reports being very wrong, Mm -hmm. he reported that the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf have reached out to none other than Tony La Russa (laughs) to potentially be the manager for them going forward. (laughs) And I'm just over here like, Tony LaRusso last managed in 2011. He's 74 years old. I like he is a great baseball mind, but he's also a very old baseball mind. Isn't the whole new age of baseball all about advanced metrics and statistics and like a combination of like player mental health and stuff like La russa would be the type of manager that would pit like even if a pitcher said their arm hurt, if he was their best pitcher (laughs) would like make them go out and play. Like rub some dirt on it. Yeah. I I just I honestly have no words to describe how I felt with this. You know what I think would be smart if the Bulls would have hired Phil Jackson. Yeah. A, yeah, let's just yeah. dig or out if, the time machine and yeah, unearth some old manager who yeah. hasn't been in the league for 10 years, you know. So. Or if the Tigers hire Jim Leyland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Especially when you're looking back at somebody who... The Lions should hire Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but so, yeah. I don't know. You know that meme or that gif where that guy, like, does that blinking thing? yeah yeah <laughs> so dan bernstein who's a radio guy locally yeah he retweeted bob nightingale's thing and he just put wt actual f is this and then <laughs> i just responded with yep. that <laughs> that was my reaction like tony Ler- what uh, wait huh. is this real that's a throwback yeah i know huh interesting is <laughs> uh is uh What's his name? Is Joe Tory still right. still <laughs> coaching? Is he available? <laughs> oh it's funny. Uh, huh. Is uh is Ted Williams still around? Is, still is he still available somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ask I, I John just... Madden what he thinks about this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go. I just couldn't believe that. So yeah. I'm sorry. That's a good place to end that segment, but it's just, honestly, like I can't even put thoughts together because it's so stupid. (laughs) And that's why it's in our FN idiots. That's right. People were going on about why the White Sox should get AJ Hinch, which... I mean, that makes sense, actually. Whether it's the White Sox or the Tigers or whoever else has vacancies, I think AJ Hinch should be the top of the list. Yeah, agreed. As long as you can put up aside your moral compass whatever um he's not gonna do it again guys
1: right if anybody (laughs) in the league
0: isn't gonna do it it's it's gonna gonna be him yeah (laughs) because he's gonna have the spotlight on him more than anybody else right yeah anyway well let's talk about our silver linings Mm Hmm. all right furious do you have anything positive or uplifting to share this week or are you just a human black hole void of any emotion other than anger well, first of all, I'd like to point out that after the Raiders win, that makes Mitchell Trubisky undefeated this season while Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson both have losses. So <laughs> good. like to good first dirt. point that out. Yep. Uh, um, <laughs> so, just think about how bad that makes you as a quarterback, though, that you got benched while you're undefeated. Yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> yeah. Huh. And I'm a Trubisky <laughs> truther over here, and I'm right, laughing right. at that it could be worse though i mean at least you'll look back fondly on those starts and say hey at least he won the games yeah yep um but no the other thing i had was just billy donovan the bulls new head coach yep he's been given like full permission from the rindsdorffs to tool his staff however he wants to and so he's Mm. like gotten rid of all of the coaching basically everybody else that was there and rindsdorff is basically giving him like a an open checkbook to ho- whoever he wants to yep. bring in. So I've got to give it to Jerry Reinsdorf right now because there's a lot of talk that he was going to put a lot of money into the white Sox only, mm-hmm. um, which made me as a bulls fan upset, but to see that yep. he's clearly putting a lot of money into both teams is significant. And it's yep. actually, it's, it's sad, sweet, and also kind of funny why he's putting so much money into them you might find this kind of humorous since you're a tigers and a pistons fan and hate the bulls and the white Sox. yeah but Reinsdorf is pouring so much money into these teams because he's old he knows the end is near and he wants to see championships one more time from each of his teams i mean yeah it makes sense right so and that's what you do if you're an owner with the ability to do so you yeah. hire somebody you trust to rebuild, and then you give him the tools to do a real rebuild. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, and set the yeah. team up for to succeed in the future for yep. even when you're gone and you pass on the reins to someone else. Right, that's part of your legacy, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's the right move, and uh, yeah, those are the kind of signs you look for when you look at how successful rebuilds going to be. So if you trust the guys you have in place, and your owner gives you that kind of freedom, that's yeah, all good things. All right, what is your silver lining? All right, first silver lining is, uh, throughout this episode, we have be kind of mentioning the, the Saints-Chargers game. The Saints did end up winning, but they won by three, kicked a field goal in overtime, and then stopped the Chargers on fourth down. But my big bet this week, plus eight on the Chargers, which I, I usually bet like four or five games a week. I was so sure about that one. It took all of my bet money for that week that i like a lot myself and put it all on this game and that paid off big um so super happy with that next one lions bye week is the silver lining which the obvious joke is though at least we can't lose <laughs> but really i just needed a break um <laughs> from the lions um do we think, all <laughs> yeah and it's just like it was good um had a busy week outside of sports. So being able to relax a little on Sunday and not have to watch that dumpster fire it was nice. <sighs> um, but also it kind of sets me up. I'm not excited for this coming week. Meaning like, I don't think that they're a, a playoff team or that this game means much, but I am actually looking forward to this next game now more than I would have if we just had football. Uh, yeah. It'd be pretty hard to get excited for a, a Jacksonville Jaguars Detroit lions game coming off of yeah for a one and three lions team um but now this is one of those games where okay now if you if you want to keep your job patricia and quinn you win this game um if you don't then you're looking at one and four and pretty clearly out of the playoffs for sure now you know (laughs) um but if you want to say hey extended playoffs if you win this game anything can happen fine so win this game and then we'll see what happens after that but um I'm more excited for the game now than I would have been. So the bye week, even though I hate early bye weeks, it was kind of a blessing this year. that is what we're frustrated about today what about you share your frustrations with us or about us at real fm podcast and social media or frustration nation at shotsports.com. you can follow man of michigan hat at michigan hat on twitter and me at ke george 94 on twitter uh, go voice your frustrations to us and leave us a review if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which with only $17.60 more, Maria, you could buy a pack of 16 mouse traps from Amazon. Maria, Are you listening, not a, Maria? Not a sponsor, Maria. Makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate Maria. I mean, the hate. Man, Maria is such a freaking idiot, man. Speaking of freaking idiots, I am. I officially clobbered Jimbo on fantasy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Jimbo, so if you're still listening?
0: Ouch. One fifty four eighty five to. 8385. Ooh, so you almost doubled up. Just like yep. last week you almost doubled up your opponent. Last week I beat by 100. Well, this week uh we'll get more into fantasy, obviously, yeah, and then. Oh, we don't have Dadbot this week, right? Yeah. So, yeah, this week I played uh Big Daddy Drew and Michael Thomas, who Man, he's is something we could talk about, too. He, he's he been suspended, and I almost ended up in another situation where all these other games happened, and then I find out Michael Thomas isn't going to play. <laughs> Oof. We have a tie in our league. <laughs> Go back to it real quick. It's DJ Myricks, and, and we do decimal points to two places. Everybody's done on both teams, because there's a Tuesday night game tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I, forgot I don't know about if that's for Tuesday. this week still or next week. Okay, games. never mind then. I forgot about the Tuesday night Do, game. Because at the top, does it say still who to play? or still Yeah, to play, I'm one sorry. I thought the week was over. I forgot okay. about the stupid. That's crazy. They're still tied. Because he has Stefan Diggs. He has Stephon Diggs, who's yet to play. So. Maybe if he doesn't play or something. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be weird to have a tie with those decimals Yeah, points. it would be weird. But yeah, this week. Michael Thomas suspended and it was the same exact situation as last week I can't move him because everybody else has already played thankfully though I was already winning by like 30 points so <laughs> I don't need to worry about it but I would have been very upset if that would have cost me a win again this week after the same thing happened with Devontae Adams last week so well this week I'll officially be 5-0 and still wow yeah impressive I'm very happy with that luckiest and fakest 5-0 and ever just like the Bears the worst 5-0 and fantasy team in history <laughs>